And welcome to the sixth episode of the BPD Bunch Brunch, where we get together with our favorite brunchy beverages to catch up, play games, and talk about all things BPD. I'm your host, Zanny, and today I'm here with Selene, Jay, and Andre. What has everybody got for their brunchy beverage today? Uh, I just have coffee. I should have made eggnog, but I just have coffee. I have hot chocolate mixed in with coffee for my Ooh. beverage today. I've actually got, I've got Yorkshire, Yorkshire tea. I've just got water. I'm really boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Stay Gotta hydrate. hydrate. Stay hydrated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In our main episode this week, we took a little deviation from the symptoms to talk about dealing with the holidays for our brunch episode. We are going to play a sort of a wheel of fortune slash telling stories about various holiday things, both BPD related and not. All right, so we're gonna spin the wheel. Ooh, feels like we need a drum roll or something. Ooh, we Ooh. are. Oh, oh, we're starting nice. full on. <laughs> That's amazing. So comparing self to others. I definitely used to compare gifts growing up um, with my sister. I would count them. I would compare like size and type and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a big thing. And for me, it was because she always seemed to eat, to get more, A, and usually like what I would perceive as better, but to be fair, looking back, probably anything would have been <laughs> perceived as better because of that kind of bias that I had. Um, but yeah, and, and that would be for me a sign that she's more lovable, which in my mind I already knew anyway. My sister is really, really nice and I love her to bits and we're much closer now than we used to be growing up, but that jealousy was just over powering and consuming and I would definitely compare every gift just to know if I was actually loved that was just what I was trying to find out because we don't say these words in my family so um I think for me actually my my sister has been a comparison but also I think it was more my older cousin so for quite a number of years my older cousin was more like the sister figure in my life and she's very successful at pretty much everything that she does. So when it came to almost everything in the family, I was like, I need to be more like that. Which is why when I started my business originally, it did so well. Not because maybe I was that good at what I was doing. It's because I was trying to keep up with the family. Because I always saw the rest of my family as being the good ones. Um, like all my uncles, everyone, they've all done really amazing things. And then I saw myself as like the dark side of the fuck the force. So I, I am the literal black sheep of the family because I did all the things wrong or, or I did all the things perceived wrong. So, yeah, that, that was really the, the long and short of it for me. Yeah, spin the wheel, spin the wheel. All right. Spinning the wheel. <laughs> overcame something that was hard before growing up from my childhood me and my mum really fell out because of things like i'd went through the care system and all kinds of stuff the house that my mum lives in um now was a house that we moved to 
partway through my um, childhood and at that point I felt like my whole life started to fall apart. So for years and years I never went back to my mum's house for Christmas and I actually then gave in to um, my sister's request in the end after she got married like because she goes can you come and we've never done a Christmas here together and then we realised that the last time that I'd been at that house for Christmas was um, when my sister was three years old and she's just turning her 30s now. So yeah, that was my little overcoming story. That's a, that's a triumph, man. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. I think for me, I'll just say, this is really short, but I think one of the biggest ones has been learning when it's time to go home because I'm this kind of person I don't like to miss out on things and so in the past few years in particular I've gotten a lot better at being like when I'm tired being like all right I'm gonna go home now like bye and not force myself to try to stay till midnight or one in the morning just so that I don't miss something I can go home now it's I want to go to bed like let's, let's go to sleep now <laughs> for me it's uh it's been walking away it's also a very short one, um, but previously, especially around Christmas, like you said, a lot of heightened emotions, lots of family all in one room and all of that, and a lot of childhood memories and patterns. Um, and so last Christmas, I can't even remember what it was about, but an argument was like starting. My dad, he's the best, bless him. I love you, dad. <laughs> uh, triggering me. Uh, we have very strong personalities. We clash really easily. And so, I don't know, he was winding me up about something. And I just, I, I looked at him and said, I don't think I want to do this right now. And I just walked away, went to my room and then showed up half an hour later and everything's fine. So <laughs> I was like, high five to self. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have an argument. <laughs> yeah, it's same, same thing for me. You know, somebody gets crossways and I get, or I get overwhelmed and I start to get, angrier or start to lash out I'm just like I'm gonna remove myself from this situation now and I'll go outside or I'll go to my office or something or I'll just go do something else for an hour or so and you know come back and be like I'm not angry at anybody I'm just I just had to leave and having to like feeling like I I was trapped and having to stay in the situation and just let it build and build and build was a big thing um you know nobody wants to you don't want to be the guy that storms out and, you know, stuff, but it's just, yeah, if you have to, you know, if the, if the, if the easiest math is subtraction, do it. Sometimes you don't, you don't have like any ideal, like all the ideal options aren't available, right? Mm, so like right. you keep trying to force an ideal situation that's never going to happen. And sometimes you do have to pick the less bad option. And mm. I... I don't know about y'all, but I know how nasty I can get if I allow myself to go there. And for mm -hmm. sure, it is way better for people to be a little uncomfortable that I left mid-argument than it is for me to say some of the things that I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. And then the next step is, is if you feel the argument is going to happen, just be like, hey, excuse me, I, I'm going to step outside for a second and get some fresh air. I'm, I'm feeling a little, just a little shaky. And everybody's like, oh, I'm fine with that. Being able to actually voice that rather than, because mm -hmm. I used to storm out. The really <laughs> nuance is like now being able to actually say, 
oh, I just need to step out for a moment and then come back. Like actually state that. I think that is so skillful. I'm still <laughs> not always there. Um, but yeah, I think that, yeah, I really like what you said, Jay. Yeah. Okay, let's spin. Spin let's the wheel. Spin, spin the, the wheel, wheel. DJ. <laughs> let's see what's next. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh wow, we're getting deep now. Hashtag guilty. Setting <laughs> unattainable <laughs> expectations. Story of my life. <laughs> Same. It's not just Christmas, by the way. Oh yeah, no, it's all the time. Oh, no, yeah. This is uh, all the time. <laughs> this is all the time, yeah. That feeling of not feeling that you're good enough, so you push yourself so to be even better than everyone else but of course these people have probably honed their skills for quite a long time and then you're trying to come in and shoot up this um steep curve and i think that's been a lot of my life sometimes it has it has worked by setting the unattainable goal because i've been so paranoid about looking like a failure that some way it's, it's worked out for me but other times it's crashed spectacularly and then the shame comes with it and then disappearing for about six months I can relate to a lot of that and I think around the holidays kind of for me it's about the idea that everything needs to be perfect then you watch all these movies around the holidays and love actually and all of that and you just think oh it's gonna be the perfect Christmas and the perfect new year and everyone's gonna be happy and everyone's gonna get along and and everyone's gonna love the gifts and all these expectations and especially like you were saying, Andre, on, well, for me, on myself, you know, like I have to be perfect. I'm not going to act out. I'm not going to, you know, get sad. I'm not going to argue with anyone. I'm not, 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 and then it just becomes so much and it's unattainable. And yet every single time you betcha <laughs> still there trying to be perfect. And, and, and when it's not feeling so so down about it you know why like and and because of that expectation it becomes really hard to enjoy the actual moment because the moment may not be perfect and it could be perfectly enjoyable in its imperfect way but because there's that expectation it becomes really hard to be in that moment and to appreciate it and that's something i've really worked on you know the the last year last holidays to really just think you know just no expectations like just be there and just try and enjoy the little things in each moment in each tradition and and uh and if you don't like it try and change it you know in a positive way i have a lot of expectations around emotions where I, and like in my interactions with people, so not, not that like a specific event will, will go a particular way, but that I will feel a certain way at an event. Mm -hmm. And I try to set up everything such that this emotion comes about. And then when it doesn't, it's like, why do I not feel as connected as I think I should? Like, did I not work hard enough? Like, are they not paying enough attention to me? What is going on that I don't feel as connected and as loved as I think I should be in this moment. And then, as Salen said, it's hard to really, it's hard to enjoy the moment because you're not even really in it anymore. You're just in your head. It's like, why is this not 
feel the way I think it should. Stoicism was a huge help for me. I read Marcus Aurelius and I read Seneca and boiled down to, I expect life to happen to me. I expect anything good or bad to happen. And I will be surprised by neither. Yes. Cool. Spin the wheel, yes, spin yeah. the wheel. Yeah, All right, so, let's so spin the wheel. Yeah, okay, let's see what we, what do we, what do we get this time? I think Selene has to be up for this one. Uh -huh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. I can definitely talk about this one. I'm not sure I want to talk this yeah. much about okay. it. But, uh... Okay, do you know what? First family gathering I was old enough to drink? Oh, boy. What a disaster. Because, man, I need. I was like, I, I'm going to need a drink. And then I'm going to need another several hundred drinks and then i'm gonna be you know naked running through the woods and merry oh. christmas everybody <laughs> Wee! <laughs> yes we uh, yeah. less we and more <laughs> i stopped drinking once i got into recovery because i was like it's just it's not it's not going to help you know i always yeah. viewed i always uh, i guess i was raised sort of with the attitude that alcohol is is a drug just like any other drug and so it should be and it's a very dangerous one it's very unregulated and it should be handled with respect and uh you know i have my years where i did not respect that at all and i paid for it but once i once i seriously started recovery i, I drank occasionally but now i i once a year maybe i'll make eggnog at the at thanksgiving not definitely not to excess and i definitely don't drink to get drunk because it doesn't help from the food side for me it's still really difficult so um yeah even last night i went out had free drinks because i thought yeah i can't i i don't drink as much as i used to jay like you said i drink like once a week um but the problem is when i drink no inhibitions oh i don't care anymore i just eat all the food it's too much wake up the next day today yeah. feel like absolute rubbish shame guilt why do i do this to myself i'm supposed to be recovered mm. yada, yada, yada. so yeah it's still something that's why when andre is so ironic in a way but this is life right this is what yeah. happens life mm. will keep trying to teach you the lesson so when you said this one is for you and then it came on that i'm like i gotta own it i gotta i gotta be real you know if i'm not real here then where right so so yeah it's uh well, okay so as i put yeah. you guys under pressure it's only right that i expose myself now the thing is, I worked in the, don't know if everyone knows, I worked in the fitness industry for quite a number of years, but I also had the most horrendous lifestyle um, habits when it came to alcohol, substances, food, everything, because it was kind of like a work hard, play hard like um, environment. And I think a lot of people have always seen me as the, the sensible one or the strong, you know, the person they can come to for advice and things like that so when you've got that image it's very hard then for them to see you absolutely you know steaming and drunk and because you're like oh no this is uh, diet coke it's not a vodka and coke honest it was very much mm. that <laughs> mm. but yeah 
and the holidays heighten that because there's mm. so much again traditions revolving around food and alcohol so there is that expectation especially if that's how it's always been that you know you're gonna eat such and such food or such and such amount or whatever it is and i always find it really stressful ah it's just so much linked to holidays and food and and family and stress and i remember especially when my you know grandmas when we used to go to their places because they love feeding you i mean i don't know if anyone's eaten with a french grandma before i know the italian grandmas have a reputation but definitely the french grandmas they do it as well it's like you're gonna have more of this you're gonna have more of that and i was overweight as a kid um and i was bullied for it really really badly at school and it was yeah it was horrendous and and it was really hard because I was like I don't want this food I'm not hungry but I don't want to disappoint because I want to be loved so bad so I just stuffed my face and then of course then you go back to school and you're even bigger and the vicious circle continues mm -hmm. so so yeah that is it's really hard around I find it really hard around food and holidays um oh, yeah so. Right, we ready for the next one? Yes, please, spin the wheel, God. Yeah, yes. please, give us some <laughs> positive Ooh, vibes, something else. you know? <laughs> Let's see what we get. Yeah, let's bring it to damnation. <laughs> oh, oh, this one is yes, fun. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Hey, yeah, positive one. Favorite well, holiday one. smell? Oh, Your smell. Your favorite holiday smell, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was a favorite holiday. I was like, what the? <laughs> I have one. Cinnamon. I love the smell of cinnamon around the holidays. Um, I love it. I make a chai latte um, with cashew milk and I have my little frother so I froth the milk and then put some cinnamon in it. It's super super nice and yeah the, just the smell of cinnamon is just like straight away for me it's like autumn, Christmas, ah oh, good vibes. <laughs> I love pumpkin spice. <laughs> pumpkin spice all the way! <laughs> now, my favorite is baked ham with the cloves and the pineapple slices on it. Like, I can smell that miles away. Oh, so good. I've got two really weird favorite holiday smells. The first one is the smell of bonfires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because mm -hmm. we have bonfire night and stuff over here, which is a lot more... It's just that thing, you know. The smell of bonfire is one, one thing to like. And also the smell of freshly baking cakes. Because um, my, my grandmother used to make rum cakes when I was younger. So I think from that age, the smell of cakes being actually baked and when they're hot and that smell. So that's my two favourite, really. All right, let's spin the wheel again and see if we get anything interesting. Okay, so let us see what we've got here. We're gonna close to the ends of stuff here. Anyway. Yeah. Ah! Oh. <laughs> yeah, boy. Ooh. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. This is this is ultimately the story of my my life. Um, because I didn't, I wasn't close to my family for a number of years. Um, I didn't do specifically Christmas gatherings. I always did maybe like the birthday things, but I just didn't do the Christmas ones because it, I just, it wasn't in that place. So I ended up at so many Christmases with new people 
and um, 10 minutes after meeting these people and having two drinks, I've told them half my life story, yeah, and I was this guy, and, and I've, I've done this, and now I've changed, and, and it's just amazing. And you know the people are looking like squirming, trying to get to, I've got to go to the toilet or something. <laughs> so, like, it's, um, mm. yeah, I think very much every every <laughs> gathering that I've been to, before I got into meds and got stuff, so I used to have to have a drink to get comfortable to be in that social environment in the first place. So by the time I'd met people, I was already a little bit wavy and drunk. And, I was, and it was just, yeah, story of my life. Just oversharing the first two yeah. minutes. Yeah. I always ask myself, like would, I tell, would I tell the cashier at the 7-Eleven this much when all they said was, that'll be seven fifty? <laughs> I apply that equation to every conversation I have now, and I don't overshare. Yeah, I have been always pretty much an overshare. I, you know, it, it's always the Zanny show. So, like uh, um, that's definitely been a. It's hard when somebody asks you a question. I never know when to stop because. I was raised by uh, academics, and it's mm. hard to get an academic to say a few words. So, <laughs> like, it's always, I'm going to answer this in its entirety, which is like a three-hour yeah. speech mm -hmm. about something. So, uh, whether it's about, like, my personal life or, like, ideas or whatever, I have a hard time. I'm speaking at a conference, um next week and the first question is often tell us a little bit about you <laughs> and i'm like oh man oh how long do i have like do i tell you about my career about my you know living in different places do i tell you about me like personally about my businesses about like there is so much to you know we were talking on a different episode about that feeling of having lived multiple lives and a lot of us were like oh yeah i feel that way too that was a massive relief for me i've never met anyone who felt this way before um and and i think maybe that's why there's so much to talk about and so knowing where our interviews are hard as well when they're mm -hmm. asking you a question and you're like you know so i want to kind of wrap up what are sort of your like best tips i guess for getting through some of the general holiday things don't feel that you have to spend your holiday with your family if you don't get on with your family because by spending christmases with with friends and extent and acquaintances i often had a much better um and and peaceful experience at christmas secondly don't be afraid to spend it on your own and um, because a lot of people have this thing that I have to be somewhere on the holidays, but I've spent a couple of Christmases on my own. I wasn't one, I just made sandwiches. I couldn't be bothered to cook. Like I made, I made, I just had sandwiches and tea and, and then my friend dropped me off half a Christmas dinner later on. The other thing is, have, have a get out clause. If you're going to go to a family gathering, have a get-out clause, like set in advance. Look, we're going to have to leave at two two p.m. after the dinner, or or four p.m. after the dinner. So it's expected. And then that way, if you're having a good time, you can say stay a bit longer. But if you're not enjoying yourself, you've already 
set the precedent that you're going to be leaving earlier than everyone else? So I would say um, find ways to um, be in the present moment and to find small things to enjoy uh, throughout the holidays. Um, that would be my number one. And then my number two would be uh, around expectations. Uh, just be aware of where you might be setting unattainable expectations and maybe take the opportunity to review those um, and think about what might a holiday without expectations perhaps look like or maybe with attainable ones um uh, i think that that would be really good and then just yeah be patient with yourself and other people none of us are perfect as much as i try to be all the time <laughs> so be patient um with, with yourself and others uh, and bring that compassion to the to the holiday spirit i guess i would say that Sometimes with all the ads, there's a lot of pressure to be a certain way and, you know, like give certain gifts, you know, all these expectation things. It's important to have self-compassion and, you know, make, make the holidays yours. You don't have to fit into anyone else's box. It's not going to last forever. This is going to pass. You, you know, you, um, you will be able to choose what you want to do. And if you want to stay home in your underdollars all day watching kids' cartoons, do it, man. <laughs> Stop it. Well, thank you, everybody, uh, so you. much you, for joining yeah. with our episode. If you like what you see, like, Subscribe, turn on the notifications so you don't miss an episode of us being weird. That was a judgment Not that weird, from us so being weird. amazing. <laughs> Our amazing, amazing a fabulous, I was born extra selves. <laughs> Next week, Yay. we'll be back talking about uh, intense emotions and effective instability. So mm. we'll see ya. On the flip side, bye! bye. bye.